Cool. So um, thank you so much for coming to this seminar today. Um, it's great to have you guys here. Uh, my name's Sean. Um, I'm part of this church here. Um, I'm married to Rachel. I've got four kids. Uh, I've got two teenagers, uh, which is great. Um, actually, they're pretty good. They are really good. Um, I've been part of Citygate Church um, since I was a student here in 2001, which is ridiculous because that means I've been here 22 years or 21 years or something. Um, and I, I've been involved in, in the worship teams here um, for that almost all of that time and probably leading the worship teams probably for about 17, 18 years, <laughs> um, which is great. Uh, it's been a real privilege, loads of ups and downs. Um, I definitely don't feel like a professional at all when it comes to leading worship teams. Um, me and Priscilla would probably say that from the start. This is an opportunity for us to just have some good conversations and hopefully help each other out. I'm sure there's plenty of tips and guidance from many people in the room that have got so much experience. So um, we hope that's going to be helpful to you. Um, my friend Priscilla, um, it's just a real privilege to, to do the seminar with her as well. Um, we've, I mean, we've been friends for, I think it was about 17 years or something like that. We worked out recently. And I think being part of worship teams all of that time. And so it's, a, it's a, been a great kind of team effort over, over many years. And Priscilla's got so much experience of leading worship teams in India as well. And so that's a great kind of thing that we'll kind of dive into a little bit as well. Um, so let's make a start. So Priscilla's going to uh, kick us off with, with something more interactive. Um, so go for it. So I think... Um to begin with, I thought it would be great if we could sort of do an analysis of where we are with our teams. Um, and so I'm going to, um, if I could just ask you to like take a yeah, piece of paper and pass it around. And, <laughs> and what we're going to do with these uh, beautiful post-it notes, and you're going to have to get up <laughs> and come to the front. Charlie. <laughs> okay, so what, I'm, what, what we're going to do is uh, I want you to assign a... a um, a section of your band to one of these colors, okay? And the sections of your band are <coughs> worship leaders, backing vocalists, drummers, lead guitar, bass guitar, acoustic guitar, keyboard, okay? So assign one of the colors. What about the brass section? No, oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> 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 If you all have those instruments, you're welcome, welcome to add them in. But basically, I want you to, like, you know, so for example, if you choose pink uh, as your worship leaders and you have four worship leaders, just take four of these post notes and put them one down and below. And if you have, like, two drummers, just, you know, so just come to the front and kind of create your own sort of chart of your worship team. I'd like to see it visually. So, Feel free. Okay, that's right. Um, so I'll just I'll tell you a little bit about uh, myself. Uh, I grew up in uh, Mumbai, in India, and uh, I started uh, leading worship in my teenage years. Um, somebody very kindly gave me opportunity and um, helped me grow in my gifting there and gave me feedback. Uh, and um, I, saw, I led in various contexts, like from small groups to um, Sunday meetings and conferences. And then about uh, 17 years ago, I came uh, to England when I got married to my husband, Peter, and he was working here and we came to Citygate and I joined um, the worship team here. And uh, Sean was great at, again, uh, giving me opportunity. And we, the, the conversation our race was interesting because, you know, I talked, uh, uh, it reminded me so much of those early days when I came from another international context and I had a different repertoire of songs and Sean was quite gracious to be like, okay, we can try it if you want. <laughs> and, you know, I, I definitely had a very different set list <laughs> to the others, but, you know, it was good to work in team and so we kind of complemented each other um, in that. Uh, and then about seven years ago, um, seven, seven, eight years ago, my husband and I decided to go back to India to help plant a commission church in the city of Bangalore, if you're aware of that city. Uh, and we did that for a while, and about a year ago, we've, we've came, we come back to City Gates to be part of this church and, and everything. So uh, while, I was at, um, while I was in the Commission Church in India, I also helped lead the Commission uh, India worship kind of teams there and look at how we can um, grow them and look at the dynamics there because you have all the different languages, you have rural, you have urban, you have um, non-English uh, non speaking and different other instruments and contexts and the different people who come to the church. You have traditional Indian music coupled with 
obviously the young people listen to a lot of Western music. So how do you combine that with the people coming to your church? So it was very interesting dynamics to help and come alongside these amazing worship leaders to, to help grow that. But the thing that in my journey as leading teams and um, leading worship is that uh, I had to realize that I not only had to grow as a leader myself, and I thought that's all I had to do, especially in my early 20s when I was figuring this stuff out. I was like, yeah, right, so what do I need to do next? And how do I like, have this great set list? And how do I help lead people into worship? But also realizing I actually have to lead a whole team behind me and seeing, looking at where they're at and what's God doing with them and how are they growing? And I think that was a self-realization that came along the way and not just focusing on myself. And so to begin with, I would like, absorb things like I'd, I'd really I'd go to worship conferences or I'd, I'd read books or um, I'd go to seminars and things and just kind of absorb all this stuff and say okay we can try this I learned this new thing or we can rearrange the team like that or you know so I tried all these things um, but I, I remember like as I grew a bit older in my 30s I felt I, I noticed a shift in how I grew as a leader and God really pushing me uh, encouraging me to kind of grow in my relationship with him and really growing from a place of encounter and my own devotional. So I was then started to get more excited about books to do with more theological background. So I, I was looking for books on the cross. I remember saying, I feel I've, I, it's become very easy for me. Or I'm not getting the, what is the cross about? So I remember going back and reading it again to, to seek some fresh revelation or about the awesomeness about the sacrifice of Jesus and going back to look at something about the sovereignty of God. And I think these things have helped me shape how I lead worship now, which is much more from a place of how God's revealed himself um, or something new about him. And, um, and so I'm quite excited in that journey to, to really, and really I'm excited to help worship leaders really push for those encounter moments that you have with God and lead from that place. Because I think there's something quite special when we lead from uh, a, a unique experience that we've had with God, where God has opened up something in our, in our own hearts. And so um, over the years, I've realized that when I'm leading teams, I have a responsibility to lead them in three areas. One is pastorally. So to really ensure that are their marriages okay? Are their relationships okay? A lot of them, most of our teams have, had, have been young people in their early 20s. So making sure they're, they're, they're doing all right there, they're God honoring. They are connected to church uh, beyond the Sunday morning. So they are attending life groups, they are, you know, they are kind of not just coming to Sunday to play, but they are, try they are kind of engaging with church at other levels as well. Uh, and if they are having a disconnected season, which is quite, which will happen to all of us, are they chatting to us about it? Are they talking to us about their struggles? Are they um, just engaging with us? I, I'm more worried if somebody ignores my calls. Like when I know when I've had uh, worship leaders who refuse to answer texts, so then I'm more worried. I, I'm, I don't mind about the journey. I don't mind if they've messed up, but if they're not talking to me, that's when for me, I'm like, oh, that's a little bit of a red flag here. Let me see what I can do to, to meet up with them. So pastorally is, is one thing. And then spiritually, how, how are they growing spiritually? What are they, uh, how can I encourage them to go ahead in the next step? Like, you know, where are they at? And um, you know, are they are they devotionalized consistent? Can I encourage them to kind of make sure that habit is quite solid? Are they reading? What, what books are they reading these days? What can I pass their way? And finally, technically, and um, how can I encourage them to pursue technical excellence in what they're doing? I think some of us have musicians who are just amazing and we have lots to learn from and some are just on a journey where they're growing into it so i've done different things over the years to help them for one guy i remember i um, said shall we I, I can give you some budget out of our music ministry and offer you a bursary match for match funding so if you put this much money i'll pay for these many lessons and he he just he was so grateful for that he just like ran with it and when i had a chat with his music teacher he said he's amazing every week he comes so prepared and then he invested in this electric guitar and all the and the kit and then he just within a year he had flourished so much and i got so excited that just that little investment from our budget had just grown him so much technically um and so i feel like uh, these are there are these few ideas and out of the box things we can do uh, to just grow our teams. I think at CityGate, Sean's doing this amazing thing called a vocal community, and 
the keys community, which is called Ivory, where we just all come together and we're just learning stuff. And the vocal community has been great because uh, we have Dave who just helps us with our vocal range and Charlie comes and does some individual coaching with us. So it, it's just nice. I just love being able to grow in my gift and just, you know, giving that direction to help the whole team grow. But one of the things that I have found really uh, helpful is uh, at the start of a year, whenever I've led a team, I've sat down with them and said, tell me what, uh, what your goal uh, should look like. And so I've said, pick a goal that is uh, a spiritual goal and pick a technical goal for yourself. And so I remember a worship leader, which I did not know, said that, you know, this is my first experience of a charismatic church and my entire background has been in uh, cessationist churches before. So I'd like to get better at giving space for the Holy Spirit. So can you help me? And I, and I hadn't realized that. And uh, so then we were, I was like, great. So then, you know, I could then forward him little uh, preaches or podcasts. And he, he was great. He was like, okay, between these songs, I'm going to leave some space. Will you help me? You know, and it was just nice to see that he kind of wanted to develop in that area. And, um, and the others. And I think so many, so many times we, especially when we are in, on platform ministry, we can get absorbed with comparing ourselves with others. But I think if we compare ourselves with ourselves from last year, is a better place to be. And so giving ourselves goals to say, oh, I could really do it, improving my range, or I want to learn this skill, or I could, you know, is, is a much better. And having, so having goal setting at the start of the year has helped uh, me encourage my teams to get better at what they do. Um, yeah, Sean, do you want to take us through actual team development? Cool, cool. Uh, that is absolutely amazing, super helpful stuff there. Um, definitely going to make sure that we give at least 15-20 minutes to just seeing where you guys are at and you know between us answer some questions and help each other so I'm going to talk a little bit maybe some more of the practical things um, in terms of team development stuff um, one of the things that I <laughs> realized pretty late on to be honest um, is that working with team is so much better <laughs> so um, when I took on the team here I had this stupid thing in my head that I had to be the one that did everything. I had to make sure that all the roses are done. You know, um, I, I just didn't delegate authority that well. Like, really, really not well at all. Um, and when Priscilla joined, I was, I was particularly um, kind of fresh and young and, and, and didn't do this very well at all. And, and I realize now, like, the incredible leadership gift that Priscilla has for not just our church, many churches... Um, and all the stuff that she, she has offered since then, I've just realized I probably massively restricted what the church benefited from in terms of her gift because I just thought, okay, great, She's, she plays keys really well and she, she sings. Um, I think it took me ages to get her to even lead. You know, so believe me, I've been on such a journey with this. Um, think about, you know, not just... It's not just you that has to do everything. You don't have to be the best <laughs> at everything. I certainly am not. Um, I now just love it when I've got people in our team that are just so much better at me as a drummer, as a vocalist, as a leader um, in different aspects. Better at teaching someone. You know, all these things. I'm now like, that's great. I don't feel like I need to be that person anymore. And it's so releasing when I finally kind of, I don't know when that light bulb went on, but when it did, it changed my life. Um, and one of the things I've tried to do here is to try and develop a core team within the worship team. Now, I know, you know, Tammy, you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> There's only three of us anyway, kind of thing. I get that. But even, even just getting one or two people that you just think, you know what, they've got, they've got some, something there, leadership-wise, or maybe just they've got a technical skill. They might be brilliant at admin. They're just so good at recruiting new people. They're good at networking or... Whatever, whatever that gift you see in that person, they could just be someone that is just worth meeting up with now and again and just throwing ideas around. Just that is releasing and helpful. And so what I've tried to do here is over time just develop this kind of, I call it a core team. Um, we only meet probably four, four or five times a year, something like that, and we just go through a number of things together. How are you guys doing? We might have like people who are leading certain teams. How's, how's it going in your team? How are you finding... The church are engaging in worship. Um, what about some of the songs we're singing? And what can we do about, um, I don't know, young people developing? It's just, it's just great to not feel on my own. 
And so that is definitely one thing I'm sure many of you do anyway, but it's something that really changed things here um, for me. Um, assigning roles or giving people responsibility. Another thing I learned too late um, is that I had this weird thing that I assumed that people didn't want responsibility when actually they really, really appreciate it. They really do. The people I've asked, oh, do you mind, you know, just taking on, I don't know, youth development? And they just run with it like wildfire. And then all of a sudden, like, you're doing something completely different and this whole thing's happening over here. It's like this multiplication of, you know, people being, you know, developed and, and, and kind of new stuff coming through. So just don't do what I did wrong, which is just for ages just assume that people just don't want responsibility. A lot of people on your team are like, I think a lot of people just don't want to throw themselves out to you or overstep or they just don't sure where the authority level lies or like they don't want to just step into a level of responsibility and think oh, I'm just going to undermine them if I do that. That's probably what they're thinking. So just remember that, that actually they're probably really up for taking on some more. Um, um, so Another aspect, um, again, that I, I realized a while back is um, how great young people are at just absorbing um, skill and growing and learning. Um, I remember uh, it's probably something like 2009 or something like that. I decided, and I was, I just, I was super busy with other stuff, and I, I didn't really have the time for it, but I just thought you know what, there's a few young teenagers around that just seem to, like, enjoy music. Most of them, like, had probably, they just weren't at any level to, to be involved on a Sunday. Not, not in a million miles. But I just decided, I, I'm just going to meet up with these guys, you know, every couple of weeks for, I don't know what it was, three, four months or something like that. And um, at the end of it, we invited all their parents in and we had like a worship time and like their kids were leading them. And it was super awkward. I mean, it really sounded awful. But, you know, you've got these parents like singing their hearts out and like, you know, just trying to really encourage. And I, I couldn't, I can't really believe it. But like since the, the people that were in that little group, um, so one of them's Jan Panetta, he's leading a team here. One of them was Katie Miller, who's, you know, been doing loads of stuff in different churches and stuff. Amy Orman is now, I heard, leading the worship teams of Pinehurst now. And I'm not pleased. I'm not trying to take credit for that. What I'm trying to say is that just that seed of just, like, giving them an environment where they can just, like, test some stuff out, fail miserably, but be really super encouraged and equipped and, and feel like someone's just invested in that and just, like... Yeah, go for it. You're great, you know? And it's amazing what, what can happen with just that little bit of time. So I've just found um, just trying to invest in younger people just, like, really good. It's good for the church. Um, it's really annoying and frustrating <laughs> because young people can be. Um, but I, I've, I've just really found um, that it's, it's just an, possibly an untapped area in a lot of churches, really. Um, so over time, we've tried to do a number of things for our youth. Um, uh, Priscilla mentioned this guy called Dave Ashley, who's just a fantastic member of our uh, worship team. He's uh, just a prolific um, musician. He can literally play anything, and he also teaches music. So it's a really good person to have in the mix. But we decided a while back, probably three years ago, why don't we subsidize some youth uh, tuition? So with Dave, hey, if you kind of get some lessons with Dave... We as a church will create a little fund and we'll pay half of your tuition for a year or something like that. And then whilst doing that, we'll get you all together and Dave will do like a group session and get you, you know, playing together and we'll do some songs together. Uh, and stuff like that started to grow. And now as a church, we've got something called a youth takeover, which is one Sunday in the year where the youth just literally lead everything. They preach, they host, they do the notices, they lead worship, which is Super risky, I realise. And sometimes it's like, ooh, that was a bit weird. Wasn't it your son last time? Yes, my son preached, yeah. Um, and played bass as well on the same day. <laughs> it's like more than I would do. Um, and it's just so wonderful seeing. And you should see how they're buzzing afterwards. They're like, oh, man, that was great. When's the next time we're going to get some responsibility, you know? Um, and I realised 
you're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, it's great for you, you've got loads of people. I just think, don't just write it off, you know? Who's, who's not even picked up an instrument yet? Could you even go to youth on a Friday night and just talk to them and say, and just inspire them a little bit? Hey, why don't you think of, why don't you think of playing an instrument, you know? Um, so, um, sorry, I'm, I'm going to just throw loads of stuff out. Um, I found um, that if you want to see a particular culture in your group, you have to model it and you have to value it. You have to talk about it a lot. So if you want to see humility, you need to be super humble. <laughs> um, if you want people turning up on time, you've got to be the first there. If you want to see people diligently practicing at home, you've got to come like super prepared. Um, and and what I try and do now and again is, is that often what happens on a Sunday, so if someone's like leads a song for the first time, loads of people will gather around and say, oh, that was amazing, well done. What they don't realize is the person that, you know, spent like three or four hours learning the piano lick, which was super hard for them to do. So like your responsibility is to make sure that you spot that and you call it out. And don't just necessarily say just to them, like, I really, like, I really appreciate what you did there. But I find sometimes, sometimes I do this just in front of other people. It might embarrass them a bit, but it's saying I value private practice. I value the stuff that happens behind the scenes, you know, and other people need to hear that as well. So say what you value, speak what you value, celebrate what you value, say thank you to people a lot, uh, share the wins together, that kind of stuff. Um, Communication, I uh, just want to throw that one out there. Uh, again, for years I used to lead and get really frustrated that the band didn't seem to know where I was going, where I wanted to go. Like, couldn't you see that was a perfect moment for the Holy Spirit to kind of move and I brought that like, prophetic song and you guys just didn't seem to be with me. Um, when actually, you know, now and again, you know, when I'm preparing and kind of praying in the week and I'm like playing through the songs, God might give me something at that point. And so I've started to realize that people don't, aren't like telepathic. They don't really know what's happening in my head. So sometimes at my practices and rehearsals, I might say something like, hey guys, like when I was you know, doing some stuff at home, I just felt like there might be a moment here and I was kind of singing over like Psalm 68 or something like that. So just be ready. Like we'll just kind of go through that chord sequence. Just like stay in the moment for a bit longer. And if you feel like the church is getting behind it, like, yeah, let's kind of get behind that together just realized that oh my gosh that was much better because <laughs> the band were with me this time so i think communication like we always assume we've communicated we've never communicated enough um talk to your band talk to talk to those in your team help them to come on the journey with you as a leader because you're not just helping them to get through a moment together for your church you're actually potentially helping a future worship leader to know what the journey is in terms of like preparing privately and you know in the week and how that leads into Sunday and how the whole communication thing works, um, yeah. So I think communication is massively key to that. And I'll just kind of finish with one more thing before we just like open it up to to kind of questions. Um, don't underestimate the admin <laughs> that it takes to lead a team. Now some of you might just say I'm like super bad at admin. Well, that doesn't mean that it isn't really important. Uh, and so that if it's not you, then really make sure you find someone uh, within your team that can take that on. Um, I've, I've gone into sort of like the horrible week-to-week -week mode of like, oh my gosh, I don't have a person for this and I don't have a person for that. And oh, I haven't done my list yet, so my team don't have my stuff. And you know, you give, it, you give them a, a, a set list like the day before or even like on the morning, you kind of throw another song in the mix and you just realize, you know, with a bit of planning, if my team had this set list, you know, a week in advance, man, they would bring their best. At least they'd be given the opportunity to bring their best. Whereas I'm throwing them something on the Sunday morning. It's like, oh guys, actually, yeah, sorry, I, you know, I, I didn't give you a key for that song or... I'm going to change the key now. Now, that happened. I'm not trying to say that doesn't happen. Of course it doesn't. But please, let's not let that be our default. Because our keyboardist, the one that's spent three hours learning the lick, is now kind of turning up on Sunday morning, like, great, thanks. You've changed it from A to B. And now I'm playing all the black notes. 
and I don't know how to do that. And I'm not going to, I'm actually going to fail. And I'm, I'm going to feel pretty bad about that. And we don't often think that actually just planning well, organizing, getting the rotor stuff out in advance, helping people to know how to swap on rotors, all this kind of stuff is just so, so much a part of leading a team. Um, it's not just come in, you're a charismatic person, I'll wing it in the moment, lead. It's like, yeah, you could do that, but you might lose some people on the journey. Um, and so helping people to bring their best means giving them enough time and preparing and communicating well and, and doing all that stuff. So, um, you know, let's utilize technology that's around. Um, so I've, we use um, Church Week. I'm sure loads of people use Church Week or Planning Center, things like that. So at Church Week, we do our, all our rotors on that. And I've tried to make sure that the team know, like, Put in your unavailability so that when I do the next rotor, I can like manage it well for you. And this is how you swap if that doesn't happen. And trying to help them to, to take responsibility. But like the planning phase is really important in that. Um, as well as that, that's not actually enough in order for us to just kind of do some of the detail in terms of communication and creating culture. So you guys might use WhatsApp or whatever, but we use Slack, which is like similar to social media platform. You can create channels for different teams and all sorts of stuff. We find that's really helpful, but just whatever it is, just like utilize the technology that's around. Um, hopefully some of that's helpful, but I, I feel like you guys have probably got like, well, that's great, but I've got this question or that question. And so let's just open it up. Where maybe are some of the challenges um, that you guys are struggling with? Where are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the barriers to growth? What, you know, let's just have it all and, you know. You know, Priscilla might answer some questions, I might, but actually someone else here might have a really good tip for something that you might be struggling with. So be brave. Throw it out. Priscilla, you mentioned earlier about the areas where you want to be looking after your team, and you mentioned in the pastoral about uh, keeping track of where people are spiritually and their own personal lives. If you find or you hear or you understand that there is somebody in your team that perhaps isn't following that very well, yeah. you think maybe either they're hiding it or there's something that you think you need to speak into, what would you say the process or how would the conversation go with that person in terms of yeah. either removing them from that position for a time or trying to get them to confront it or what do you think the best approach is for that? Yeah. So I've done different things. Um, so sometimes uh, I have, you know, I've just gently chatted with them to see how open they are to confront, to be confronted about it. And sometimes they have been said, you know, you, you've hit it right on the head and, and they've gone blah and, you know, we, we don't walk through it. Sometimes I've got the, uh, I, you know, I'm not taking your calls, I'm not taking your text messages and then I'm going to, you know, so I had this one worship leader who I was, I was like, I, th I think he was slightly drunk from Saturday night, you know. <laughs> so I was, just, you know, so I was like, I had this awkward conversation with him, <laughs> you know. So just kind of and just where he was at, and then I, you know, it, you know, I had to kind of really open it up, and obviously there was deeper stuff going on and things, and um, so it's varied. Sometimes I brought in um, somebody like a pastoral care and said, "Can you come along?" But it all depends on whether the person is willing to yeah. walk that journey. It just boils down to that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get defensive, then at some point you're going to have to be like, "Do you want to take a break while you work this stuff and mm -hmm. come back after some time?" Do you have anything to add? Yeah, that's so good. I think it is customized. There isn't the big thing probably to take yeah. away is there is no method. Sure. And that's really important because actually, where is repentance? Yeah. Is is a key one for me. So like, if someone's you know fallen in in some way. Is there repentance, or are they just kind of remorse, or what? You know, sorry that they were find out. I mean, that's a different yeah. scenario. So it really, yeah. it is customized. I think. Um, I think if you feel, you know, discuss it. Like, don't feel like you have to deal with the pastoral case on your own. Like, yeah. just get some advice. But if the idea is, you know, what it's actually best that they take mm. a step back, just make sure that's communicated well. I'd say. So I would be saying, we think this is for your best that you take a break mm. rather than your punishment. It, you, know, you wouldn't yeah, say that, yeah, but, yeah. You, but they can take that away. Sure. If, even if you don't say that, they could think, oh, they just kind of, you know, putting me on the naughty step. It was just yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. this is for your best. It's not great for you to be on a platform um, necessarily at this point, depending, um, because really it's, it's going to 
if you're living like that and then you are portraying something else, you're basically wearing a mask. Mm. And then like, over time, the conscience, that, that feeling of like, you know, the spirit's conviction actually just becomes less, you become desensitized yeah. to it. Yeah. So it really but it depends on every situation. I haven't necessarily removed someone because of a particular sin. It sure. really depends on the situation, but communicate it well, I suppose, mm. and get some advice and get some help. Yeah. You don't have to make decisions on your own or hold things and absorb everyone's pain and hurt, you know? Yeah, it's important. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, that's great. Any more? Well, loads more, I'm sure. Hope. <coughs> We've got 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, How would you best suggest dealing with different types of conflicts within a band? Because we have a few musicians that don't want to play with some musicians hmm. or some leaders that need a, um, that don't play an instrument, that need an instrument. But essentially, another worship leader to lead with them. Mm. But some worship leaders don't want to do it, and some leaders have done therefore three weeks in a row because they're along with them. And obviously, conflict is different per person per situation, but some there will be wise words for dealing with conflict within a small. Yeah. And style as well, because we have some people that would do a okay. set of just hymns. Um, with no modern twist, just the guitar, just yeah. the guitar, that's it. Yeah. And we have some young guys, girls that would do a mm-hmm. modern songs. Yeah. Do you lead the team? I, oh. I'm the administrator of our church, so okay. I don't lead the worship team, but I make the rotors and I'm the worship leader. Yeah. Okay. And the drummer, so I basically, essentially, almost do. Yeah. Not so much pastorally, but very much administrative. Okay. Okay. And do you feel? Sorry, I don't want to get into. Difficult water. Do you feel the person that is responsible for leading the team is is able and seeing some of those issues? Or basically, I'm trying to work out whether whether you have or at least to kind of make some changes or or not. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, we have a very small team. Okay. It's me, the pastor, and the assistant pastor. Okay. So yeah. All together, three. Yeah. Okay. Do it. I mean, okay. From the worship leaders meetings. And Okay. Cool. As a three. Yeah. So in I'm relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's probably three aspects. There. So one of them is like conflict. Conflict between. Um, one of them is is sort of like you need someone to step in, but they don't to to play a role, and, and some they've done too much, and they don't really want to do anymore. And the other one is around style, the musical style, and how do you kind of make sure there's balance, and people aren't just doing what they prefer. Yeah. Oh, do you want to kick off with anything there? Yeah, so I had, in one of my teams, I had um, this guy who was a session musician, and he would really struggle with playing other pe- with other people in the band because he, like, played for all these really big Indian musicians and these big gigs and stuff, and he would just, like, roll his eyes. But he was such an incredible <laughs> electric guitarist. It was, like, it was really great to have him on the team. And so... Um, with him, I we took him on a journey, uh, and but he was he, he was quite. I mean, while he would do all that, he was quite good at it. like you know. It'd be great if we can kind of encourage these guys to get up to your level. So can we come along and play together? And so we kind of like took him on a journey to help him understand. He would still get very frustrated. He would feel like the musicians were not as good as him. Didn't put up enough practice, but he, that was his job. So he did it all the time. He did mm-hmm. scales like all the time, but. Um, we had to have that, we had to walk with him on that journey and help him see the big vision and picture. It, it, there was a lot of back and forth, like some days he'd be fine with it and some days he'd be like, back to being a bit upset. But it, eventually we got there and he got passionate about what, what the worship team was trying to do. But that was my, my one experience in this, this area mm. of conflict resolution uh, because he would get really frustrated. And I don't know whether you guys find it, but usually the best musicians have the least amount of time to give to the church and so uh you know and so there's always that you you have musicians who are still on that journey of getting better mm. and so how, how do you marry the two because you still want the worship to grow and be of a significant quality yeah. um so then we yeah so we had to take guys like that on on a journey of giving them the big vision and picture for what the church was trying to do and that helped yeah so i think there's definitely some one-to-one stuff there but it's not the way to approach it is, I'd be asking some questions like, why are you, why are you struggling? Mm. You know, what are some of the issues there? Um, but I'm also, so I think you have to deal with, you know, toxic culture. So you have to, you have to go there 
you have you have some courageous conversations with people. But I think as a worship t- a team leader, you also have to be a bit pragmatic as well. So I do, you know, I really think about the rotor and what who plays with who. Yeah. Um, and I don't just do that based on musical competence. I don't just do that based on whether that person can do week two or week four or whatever. You know, I don't just think of that. I do think about style. Um, I think about personality a little bit. So. What I wouldn't be doing is saying, well, I know that you are completely different personality type to this person and you guys are loggerheads all the time. So I'm just going to keep you in that team until you sort it out. That, that might be the best route, but do think, well, is, is that the most helpful thing? And is that, yeah, that, that can't be your, your way of helping them grow necessarily. It, it is a part of it, but it might be that there's a pragmatic solution there. Um, but yeah, I think one to one is definitely obviously yourself and everyone else is in leadership just trying to emulate the culture that you want to see, you know, show the humility that you want to see, um, and all that kind of thing. Um, so where else do we get to then? Yeah, I mean, there's certain people that just want to possibly lead, but they don't want to back up someone else. That's the kind of thing that you kind of talk about? Yeah. Or, or maybe it's just a case of, like, I've done this three weeks in a row. It sounds like a bit of a power struggle. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah? It's almost where we have not very many worship leaders that also play guitar and, and they're what well, right. kind of a massive team in general. But um, when we have, especially if we've got two sides, um, when we have a guitarist that would happily back up, um, it's then all oh, they've been on three weeks in a row, yeah. and then one week they might just volunteer to play. And it's like, oh, great, thank you so much. But now you're actually on the rotor for this week, the week after, because you're helping out in the, okay. the backing guitarist. Mm. And yeah. then again, further, yeah, yeah. it's like you feel like you're using them too much, mm. but they are willing, but also okay. they, yes. they'd rather not be right okay but it's mainly just the fact that they're doing like four weeks in a row but but it's also the fact that like charlie pointed out there's a little bit of a power dynamic mm-hmm. issue there yeah i mean is there a is there an option for not using a acoustic guitar on a sunday or or do you feel like because you'd need like a good keys player who can who yeah. can lead then okay yeah um i i remember that very well. When I was in one of my uh, early years, there were lots of worship leaders and I was the keyboardist and they would, you know, it would be a struggle because I would get these, these set lists and I would be like, oh, such a boring set list. Oh, oh, please, I was in my teenage years. So I, <laughs> I had a lot of attitude. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I remember that, uh, I remember that sort of power dynamic struggle being the musician at that point and, um, uh, it faded out as I grew older in terms of being more releasing, in terms of saying, okay, if that's your set list, uh, you know, let's, let's work with it. And then pretty much they would give you a set list, but you would, I would start all the songs for them. And I, you know, because they, the music element that they were, were not so strong, but they were worship leader. Um, so I think it's just something where you have to, again, give somebody like that, uh, who's, who's being a bit more giving in that space, give them a bigger vision for what you're trying to achieve and but again it's the whole thing about using somebody too much and it's it's hard in in small church context have you tried co-leadership at all like co-leading worship we haven't um it depends if you can kind of call having a second worship leader up there co-leadership because most of the time they also sing yeah and then we have had one or two weeks where someone's can't be actually leading worship today because they basically both do the same thing yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we do that quite a lot here, um, and someone takes point. You know, someone's someone's got to do a lot of the work on 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 kind of bringing the set list together. Yeah. I mean, you did that really well with Jan. Yeah, and but we we do it as well. Yeah. Like yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you that's, know, I. That's, that's how I started. Yeah. 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 That's so right. You started bringing people up and then co-leading with them and mm. then gradually letting them do more of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. What the key is with that is we always knew. We always knew our position. I don't mean that in the way of mm. like one's better than the other, but we always, but I always knew if I was co-leading with Sean, that the buck stopped with Sean. 
but I still had the freedom to like do things and whatever, but ultimately that he was leading and it was mm-hmm. clear to yeah. me. So therefore there wasn't that kind of power struggle. Like I've seen this, but not in church context, in secular, I work in secular music and we have like a lot like power struggles between different musicians and stuff because we are just complicated people and mm-hmm. musicians. <laughs> <laughs> and playing instruments is emotive and like everyone's at different levels and stages and stuff. And I think especially in small teams, it can be really hard, can't it, to like, you know, if there's ten of you, it's not so bad because it's really split. If there's only like two of you, it's going to become competitive to a degree, even though that's not what you're actually trying yeah. to do at all. But it, it is it's just kind of yeah. I mean, things like alternating, you know, so one person's taking point and coming up with a list yeah. particularly, and then within that, they will do you know, good chunk of the songs, but there'll be a, a few that someone else kind of leads, and then the next time it's like I'm going to do the list and. That might not be a, a solution might, to get. It's a, definitely a way to grow leadership yeah. and stuff, um, which could help. Should we just the other one about like sort of like styles? You know, the, the kind of what's in your set list and all that kind of stuff. I think again, that is just sitting down with worship leaders and just helping them to to kind of see that it's it's the long. You have to play a long game. Often, often you um, worship leader think I've, I've got to get all all these kinds of songs into one set list you know, because if I don't do that then the church don't hear the whole gospel and mm. when actually it's better to think of okay what has the church sung over a month over a term over a year um, help them to see the long the long game on it rather than think you've got to do all of this in one Sunday morning you know because if you don't well, what's, what's going to happen you know like um, I think that's sometimes helped people um, and you've also got to, people have, I mean, you probably say this all the time, but, you know, you've got to think, who's in my congregation? How can I serve them best? You know, like, more recently, we've had uh, a significant influx of, particularly Nigerian, but other African um, people coming into our community here. We're, change, we're changing the styles, we're changing our rhythm, we're trying to, you know, bring other people onto our okay. team that are going to help people that are in our congregation see people in leadership that are you know come from their experiences and stuff you've got to change we've we've got to never think that you know it's one style and that's that's all we are we've we've got to we've got to help the congregation that's in front of us so mm. just helping them to play the long game i suppose um i don't know if any of that was helpful i don't know yeah because <laughs> I, I know that thing about the hymns we, uh, we've had worship leaders in the past who've yeah. been a bit inflexible around that and, and you would you try to have conversations with them isn't it mm. and just say can you would you like to try some songs from the 2000s yeah <laughs> and it, you know and it might be that they just don't feel comfortable doing singing anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. well that's where co-leadership and team really come into it because there might be someone else on your team that's you know maybe not leading all the time but actually can lead a song and lead it really well, so they just back yeah. that person. And that brings that beautiful kind of diversity within your team on a Sunday. So I don't think people listening to one voice for 35 minutes is actually that helpful. I think hearing different people and male, female, you know, so you've got a female register, male register in worship. <coughs> oh, I enjoy, you hear afterwards, like, I enjoyed that hymn, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that raggaeton rhythm kind of song that you did. It's like, that's. The, People have taken away like mm. different things because you're trying to help the congregation. Mm. Uh, anyone else help can help uh, Josh, Toby. Um, I have faith for that, and then I have a question. Okay. Um, so I think something I've really learned over the team is that worship is better in the congregation. It's better for bands when people feel safe, yeah. mm. and the congregation you feel safe being led well, yeah. being directed well. Um, in songs that they recognise and keys they can sing, yeah. um, which is why you don't do songs every week and why you don't jump around 50,000 different songs every morning and yeah. you have small song bands and all that type of stuff. So, creating safety for the congregation will help, that will release the spirit to feel comfortable, but also within your team for co leading and for lead, and to lead worship. If they feel constantly like someone's going to undermine them in their leading, they're not going to leave well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Safe, but it's mm-hmm. comfortable and creative and it's a big release. Um, so if there's a co-leading situation, I think managing expectations helps really well. Mm. This week, I'm going to come up with
but then everyone's clear. The expectation, and then if it comes to the morning, the other person just starts on their scene anyway. <laughs> then that's a different conversation yeah. because mm. actually we've, we've managed expectations, and you've not you've not been with me there, and now I don't feel safe to leave because I feel like you're gonna yeah. sing over me mm. and be in, and not let me grow and not let me mm. develop. So I think creating a real culture of safety, and I think that comes you build that safety, and then you can do things like with backing tracks, which are. I'm still petrified using that. Like I'll, I'll do it, and we do it fairly regularly. But every time we click that thing on, <laughs> I'm like, we're going now. It's still quite scary. But but then with people who just join the team, I'm like, is their first job going to be playing onto this backing track with clicking cues? No, because they're going to be petrified. Mm. So you've got to build the safety and build the comfort, and then know that you're with them in in that. I know that doing tracks for it sounds like a little ways off. I'm using that as an example, but. I guess in create, like creating safety for mm. everyone, congregation and um, fans. I think that would be one yeah. of the That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my question was um, I'm sure I'm not the only one in this room <coughs> who, where time is a problem, but mm. moreover, I imagine that I'm also not the only one in the room who's not employed to be a worship pastor mm. or to be a music lead or who, whatever title is appropriate for. I guess with using. Um, you know, it's I've got a full time job, young kids, um, young family, I do other stuff as well. And I lead this team somewhere in that week. We meet every Tuesday, we've got Sunday morning, often evening. The only way solution that I've come up with is on Thursday evenings I do worship team stuff, which is fine as a sort of something resembling a solution. But where I, I guess my question the question is where does there come a point where you're saying this is no longer my job as a worship team leader and this is a job for a parent employee okay. leader of the church yeah. who has time I, I know pastoral issues do come into that but beyond that is there so the rotors are done by someone in the office who's okay. to do that mm. so in terms of admin it's a lovely thing to take off but mm. do you kind of see where the question yeah, yeah. yeah yeah Especially with the church of your size. Yeah, right? and three sites. And three yeah, sites, yeah. Three sites. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that stops. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I d there's no black and white answer to that, obviously. Um, I think um, often, often the problem is that not a lot of churches would be able to employ a full-time worship leader. Actually, yeah, I don't know many. No, I know, I know you know at all, but that, that's sometimes part of the problem because I think they're doing that really well. We'd love to have them on staff, but actually, we can't do that you know, in a full-time capacity. And then it just leaves you with this kind of like, I'm in this forever. <laughs> I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so when is it employed? I, I don't know. Do you have any? I mean, I, I was I was never employed as a, a worship. Yeah, that's right. You actually ever. did other things, but you yeah, did worship. I was as employed fun. as a finance guy, and then I, my main job now is is overseeing operations. So that's. <laughs> yeah, that's the way, yeah. So actually my main role is overseeing production, operations, student work, welcome integration, and still and kind of, I'll do worship on the side, and then be an elder and deal with pastoral problems and preach sometimes. I, I think it, it does look like sometimes it's, you know, some of the bigger churches are um, got more resources, and, and they do, but I, I think this is a problem everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I would uh, suggest maybe putting a JD together, and yeah. putting a JD together would sort of help you break down all the time. Like, imagine you had the money to hire, to be hired as a worship pastor. What would the JD look like? And then, there are two ways you can do it. You can either approach the elders and say, this is the amount of time it actually takes to run the worship team across three sites. Mm -hmm. Or you can work with them in discussion and say, can we start to make this into bite-sized things and give it to 10 volunteers to pull together? So it, it can go either way. All the elders might be like, let's in faith look at in a year's time getting a salary together to, you know, because we believe our church is the resource base for musicians or something like that. Yeah. So I, maybe you could start there. And Do you have a core team of six? That's, uh, okay. So you said have a core team. Yeah, yeah. Vindication. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I do think that's really important because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're, the leadership team are just right behind you, but they might not understand how much time yeah, yeah. that you're yeah. actually having to put in and all the little intricacies and things that you have to deal with. Because why would they, you know? And that's not malicious, it's just everyone's got their I stuff. I think that's a really good point. As someone that works in secular music, um, 
the amount of times I have this conversation with people about how long things actually take that they just do not realise take that long. <laughs> Even yeah. things like if you're playing along to kick tracks and stuff, like getting people up to speed with that and what that is and how to use in it is and things like it takes a lot. It's not just a here you go, have some minutes, guys, and off you off you trot, like, yeah. you know? And people that are outside of that kind of industry don't necessarily uh, like, yeah, understand the amount of time it takes. So I think that's a really great idea. Yeah. Writing down, just being like, I do all of these things, I'm not asking for them, I'm just saying, actually, it might be a bit broader than you realise. And... and just see. So, we have actually run out of time. What I would suggest is, um, I'm happy to hang around for a bit, maybe 10 minutes or so, come up and we can chat a bit more. Um, let me just leave you with a couple of resources that we, we pulled together. You guys have probably seen loads, loads more than this. Um, so there's an old book which really, really helped me a while back, which is called Worship Matters from Bob Coughlin. Um, I still recommend that. Um, it's just really holistic when it comes to, to, to worship leading and worship team and stuff. The Reset from Jeremy Riddle, I'm sure you guys have kind of come across that. Yeah. Really provoking, really good, really kind of seasonal kind of message for now. Um, the Redmond Riddle podcast as well. I just found that super helpful and, and great to listen to. Be inspired, kind of realign you back to, oh, why do I do this? What's this all for? Really good. Um, another thing we're just trying to look at here is kind of how do you incorporate like kids into the kind of worship. Like, so Worship for Everyone is a book by Nick and Becky Drake, which I'd also thoroughly recommend to look at. Um, they've got some really good resources online, worshipforeveryone.com, I think, something like that. Um, and finally, me and Priscilla are saying, whenever you, if you guys want to have a chat, get a Zoom call, um, a call on the phone, whatever. Yeah, my email address is sean at citygatechurch.church. Citygate, thank you. Sean at citygate.church. <laughs> S-E-A-N. Um, but I would suggest also, like, let's just do this peer-to-peer. -peer. Like, yeah. let's be a community that talks to each other and help each other out and stuff. So, hopefully that's been helpful. Um, but yeah, I'll, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you. I'll hang around for like sure. ten minutes and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah.